What's up, Mzanzi? Welcome to episode 302. I'm your host, Octavius Pandil. Your farm pets might be part of the working staff or just a loving family companion. Either way, the farm pets are up against a different set of health hazards. State vet Dr. Alicia Kluter joins us and shares some important information regarding the health risk for pets and ways to take care of them. This is an episode not to be missed. Dr. Alicia Kluter, welcome to Farmers Inside Track. Today, I'm picking your brain on the topic of health risks to farm pets, and I'm quite excited about it. So dogs and cats that live on farms can be exposed to a variety of health and safety risks due to the nature of the environment. What is your advice or tips to farm owners about wildlife and predators exposure, and how is this a health and safety risk to pets? I'm Tavia, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for having me. When it comes to wildlife and predators, the most obvious threat to our pets is the physical threat. This would then depend, for example, on the size of your farm dog. almost want to say the smaller the size of the dog, the more prone they might be to be preyed on by animals, or if they become old and a bit slow, or if they are still young and curious puppies, they might be very vulnerable as well. So in this case, I would suggest for um, your cats and your dogs to provide them with shelter, ideally in the farmhouse or in a shed at night, just to make sure that while they're sleeping, they don't become unfortunate victims of predators. Then when it comes to disease risk from wildlife, one of the most obvious ones is rabies, which is often carried by jackals, foxes, mongooses, etc. So if you see any wildlife that's behaving odd, for example, jackals, foxes or mongooses appearing tame, that's approaching the establishment, or that become very aggressive and start attacking inanimate objects or animals, it's best to rather shoot these animals and call the state veterinarian to submit samples for rabies. This was the purpose to protect your animals and to prevent them from getting exposed to wildlife that are behaving odd. Very important here, it's necessary for you to ensure that your farm dogs and cats are vaccinated against rabies, preferably every year. This serves to protect them so that they can't get rabies from wildlife. And then it also serves to protect you and your family because your dogs and your cats serve as a protective barrier. They're the ones with whom you're in contact with every day. And if they're protected from rabies, you are protected as well. I think the listeners also need to remember that September is rabies month. We're very excited about it to share lots of information on this disease. And so it's important to ensure that you understand the risk of this deadly disease. I'm also curious to know a little bit more about the exposure to ticks and fleas. Can you maybe share more on that as well? Unfortunately, because of the great outdoors, your farm dogs and cats will definitely be exposed to these parasites as they naturally occur in the wild. It's important to check your pets regularly for ticks and fleas and also to treat them regularly to get rid of these pests and parasites. Regular dipping can be used. Just make sure that you follow the manufacturer's instruction and that you make up your dip to the correct strength. But you also get several other products that you can buy from pet shops or vets. These include spot-on products, tick and flea collars, and even tablets that you can give to your animals. These products often last a lot longer and the action is a lot better, but they can be a bit more expensive. So it sort of just depends on your budget, what product you would see best fit for you to use. When it comes to fleas and ticks, especially ticks, we do have disease risks as well. Dogs and cats can develop tick bite fever, erlichia, and also unfortunately abscesses where the ticks enter the skin. And when it comes to fleas, they can also transmit tapeworms to your dogs and your cats. 
So this is why it's better to control ticks and fleas on your animals, sometimes even before you can see them, to prevent these parasites from latching to your animals and to prevent these diseases. It's also very important to deworm your pets every three to six months. And here we also suggest every six months or 12 months to just change the type of tablet you use so that it's a different active ingredient that you don't promote resistance to worms in your pets. And how about chemical exposure and ingestion of toxins? So all chemicals that are harmful or abrasive to humans are definitely harmful to your pets. It's very important to store it out of reach of cats and dogs, even children as well, especially when it comes to puppies and naughty dogs that are prone to eat and chew things. Make sure that nothing is within arm's reach for them to get hold of. In terms of poisons, we get insect poisons that contain pyrethroids, to which cats are really sensitive. Then you get pesticides and weed killers that contain organophosphates that dogs and cats are very sensitive to. Just giving you examples, like the two-step, which contains organophosphates, is often used to deliberately poison dogs by criminals. Also, be very careful with where you spray poisons, as cats are prone to walking over it, and we all know that they groom themselves regularly and lick their paws. So in this way, even if you didn't use a product close to them, if they stepped on it or rolled in it, they can unfortunately ingest it. So for both these toxins, the pyrethroids and organophosphate, it causes neurological signs in dogs and cats, and it can be deadly. If you think that your cat or dog has been exposed to any of these products, it's very, very important to call your vet immediately. Another big problem is rat poison. Obviously, it's put out to kill pests like rats and mice, but it's very important to put this out of reach of dogs, cats, and children as well. This poison causes internal bleeding in rats, and this is how the rat eventually dies. So if a cat or dog eats rat poison, they can also unfortunately get this internal bleeding, and unfortunately they can die as well. If a cat or dog, however, eats poisoned rat, usually this won't harm them as the toxin has then already been absorbed by the rat. But if the rat or mouse has just eaten some of the pellets and the cat or dog consumes the rat or mouse, then unfortunately they're exposed to the pellets as well. So once again, if you think that there was any chemical or toxin contact or poisoning, very important to phone your vet immediately so that you can get advice on whether to induce vomiting or not in your animals. And here's also really crucial to rather prevent the exposure, as the ingestion thereof is an emergency and a vet might not be close by. We've obviously touched on the health and safety risks due to diseases and some chemical exposure, but maybe let's trickle into the injury by farm equipment, maybe such as tractors or plows, what is your advice around this? I think it's really important, especially with dogs that tend to follow you around, um, to train them properly so that they know how to respond to your commands. It's very important as well to keep an eye out for them while you're working and to be careful around them as well. An injury we often see is people that drive over dogs accidentally because dogs get excited when they see their owner and they often end up under the wheel of a car or a tractor. Yeah, it's very important, even if your animal seems to be okay after being run over or injured by a car or tractor, to still get them to the vet for a good checkup as they might have picked up internal injuries. Then when it comes to the winter months, especially your cats, after you've driven with your car, your tractor, the engine is still quite warm and cats like going under the hood and lying on the warm engine. So there it's very important once you start your car, your tractor, just to let it idle for a while and just to make sure that you don't accidentally have a cat under your hood as this can burn their paws as well. And also if you see any physical injury to your animal, for example, if there's a cut or bleeding, it's very important to firstly stop any major bleeding. You can, for example, tie a cloth to the affected area 
Just make sure that it's tight, but not too tight to cut off circulation. If there are only small wounds or cuts, you can disinfect this with some diluted Savlon. But if there are big gaping wounds, this will need stitches and treatment through your veterinarian. And how about heat and cold exposure, Doc? It's very important that we keep our pets safe and sheltered wherever possible. For example, if we look at extremely cold burn, it's important to provide blankets and preferably indoor shelter for your pets. For example, if you can house them inside your house or a shed, or even if you can provide a kennel for them to sleep in, just to protect them from exposure. Important as well to ensure that they have enough food, as this will help them to generate internal warmth as well. So if there's been extreme cold exposure, it's important to warm your pet with blankets and add some hot water bottles. And remember here that you gradually want to warm an animal that has gotten too cold. Don't place anything on them that is too hot. If you're putting them next to a fireplace or heater, do not put them too close. Just make sure that you gradually warm them up again. Then if we're looking at the other aspect, if they've been exposed to extreme heat, Always ensure that there's lots of clean, fresh drinking water available for your pets as this will help them to cool down and prevent dehydration. You can also consider providing a water pool for cooling off for your dogs especially. And if you have an animal that's been overheated, it's very important to cool them down with some wet towels and some ice packs. And you can even then put a fan on them just to promote evaporation. Important as well not to lock animals inside cars or building when it's really warm. Always make sure that there's a place for them to escape where they can seek shade or just a cooler area. Remember as well that exposure to extreme heat or cold can be deadly to our pets. And finally, how about infectious diseases from livestock? It must be very important because simply we are talking about farm life and the environment. Maybe we can just tickle into that for our listeners. What is important for them to know, especially for farmers? You are 100% correct. It's sort of the one health principle where humans interact very closely to the animals and with the environment as well. And we need to ensure that all of us are safe and healthy. The first disease that I want to talk about here is once again rabies. This is unfortunately a risk to your pets if, for example, your livestock have been infected. Um, But usually this is transmitted to dogs or cats through wildlife exposure, as we discussed a little bit earlier. Very important as well not to allow your dogs to eat afterbirths of livestock after they've given birth, as these can contain bacterial diseases that can make your dog very sick, for example, a disease like brucellosis. It's important to pick up afterbirths and to discard of them safely or burn them. And remember as a human to handle these with gloves as well, because there are also bacteria in there that could potentially harm you as well. Sure that in terms of things like afterbirths, that there's nothing lying around that your dog can consume. It's also important not to give raw milk to dogs and cats as this can also transmit diseases like brucellosis and tuberculosis that can potentially make your animals sick. If you do want to treat them to a bit of milk, rather give them some boiled milk that has been cooled down or milk that has been pasteurized. Then it's important, if possible, to try and keep your pets away from livestock as far as possible. For example, if pets and livestock defecate in the same area, it can lead to worm problems. You really do want to break that cycle of worms between livestock and your pets. Otherwise, they'll just keep on infecting each other and it can even become a risk for you as a human as well. So remember the worms in dog and cat feces can contaminate the grazing of your livestock. And dogs are unfortunately a little bit gross and are prone to sniffing and sometimes eating livestock feces. And this is something we try to avoid. Thanks, Dr. Alicia Clitter state vet at the National Department of Agriculture. For more on the topic, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za.
And this week we celebrate hashtag soul sister Debohang Tlutlu. In 2019, she solely envisioned herself making some extra cash with chickens. But the labor of her love had some other plans. We started with the reselling, so we bought the 50 chickens from him. Because we were living in a estate type of setup, we didn't have a yard big enough to slaughter those chickens. But we had a garage and it was closed. So we would just wait for our neighbors to go inside. Afternoon around 4 or 5, once they close their garages, we'll come with our bikey. I know it's wrong, but we'll just go in the garage and then we did an ABBA tour with my husband and our helper and our niece. Then that's how we started. And then we slaughtered the chickens over the weekend. The house was smelling chickens. You can imagine slaughtering 50 chickens with bare hands and packaging them nicely because we knew what we wanted and we were excited that at least we've got a client. Then we delivered on Sunday to my mom and she was happy. So the teachers then saw the chickens and then they're like, okay, we want more. Then they started ordering. So we moved from 50 to 200 to 300 and kept growing in like three months. And then that's when we realized that no, actually, maybe this is our business. And then we started looking for land. Lebohang Tlutlu is one of the phenomenal women selected to participate in the 2023 Hashtag Soul Sister program. Catch a full interview on www www.foodformzanzi.co.za and on Foodformzanzi's YouTube channel. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. From me, Octavius Pandil, our technical producer, Megan van der Fink, and the rest of the hashtag Team Foodformzanzi. Thanks for listening. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.